Thanks for tuning in to the WW Social Distance Warriors podcast. A note about this episode. It was recorded in late May before the massive increase in momentum of the Black Lives Matter movement in response to police brutality and the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. It was also recorded while Washington State was still under the governor's COVID-19 stay-at-home order. We live in a changed context now, and although this episode doesn't address racial and state violence against Black people and our Black students directly, we recognize that justice, health, and wellness are inextricably linked. We will be addressing and inviting conversation about systemic racism in the coming months. We want to build systems that support your safety and thriving. Black Lives Matter. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Western Washington University Social Distance Warriors podcast, where we are making connections and engaging with the WW community in a conversation about wellness and resilience through this unique time in history. I'm Liz Stewart. I use she, her, hers pronouns. I'm the Violence Prevention Outreach Specialist here at Western. I'm joined by Brandon Joseph, as well as three students today. We're doing a student roundtable with three of our peer health educators. So welcome y'all, I'll have you introduce yourself, share your pronouns, and how about you know, one, one item that you can see in your space right now that means something to you? And also, why don't you share where you actually physically are? Again, I'm Liz, I'm here in my bedroom, and um, one thing that I can see that means something to me is, hmm, I got to look around now, I made this question up and I don't have an answer. <laughs> I guess I see a sweet little plant that a woman in my neighborhood who kind of is a, acts as a grandparent to my kids in, in some way, gave me a plant when we moved here and it's in my room, so... So that's what's up with me. Brandon, why don't you go next? Yeah. Hi, Liz. Um, Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Brandon Joseph. I use he, him, his pronouns, and I am the men's resiliency coordinator on campus. Um, I also oversee um, our Thrive Peer Health Educator group, um, and we have Lauren here who will introduce herself shortly, um, one one of our peer health educators. Uh, I am also checking in again from my bedroom. Seems to be the recording spot, and it works well. One thing, I wasn't expecting this question, but when my son, so we only have one, he's an only child, right? So it's my first first son. And when you uh, get pregnant, you don't know what, what's happening really. And so my wife downloaded this app and it would tell you like the size of the baby. And at one point it was, he was as large as a kumquat. And I didn't really know what a kumquat was. Like, so I had to, I'm not a fruit connoisseur necessarily. So I had to Google kumquat and I found it as a tiny orange, right? And so we started calling him kumquat while he was still in the womb and we thought it was going to stick. It does not stick. Four years later, his name is not kumquat. We don't call him that. (laughs) My sister-in-law made this really beautiful painting that spelled out the word kumquat and each letter is like, the first letter is like a rose. The next one is like a U is like fire and a sun and anyways she was in high school she's like a junior and she like brought this 
beautiful painting home. And so now it's hanging in our room above Trajan's artwork. My son is four, year old, four years old and it says kumquat. And so that is what I'm looking at right now. And that means a lot to me because that was like the first moment, I don't know why, but it was like, oh dang, my, this is a game changer. I'm about to have a, a newborn baby in my life. And right now it's just as large as a kumquat, so. <laughs> well, unexpected question and like unexpected heart explosion on my end because that was such a sweet story. I love that. I have um, a soft side from time to time. I have a soft side from time to time. <laughs> Uh, Lauren, why don't you introduce yourself next? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Lauren. I am a sophomore at Yushiho Pronouns. Um, I'm a health educator and um, a member of Thrive, as Brandon was saying. Um, and one thing, oh, I'm in my bedroom. That's my physical space um, on Bainbridge Island in my hometown. And things that I can see, um, I have my plants, my plant corner all around me. And having something physical to take care of and see grow um, has been really awesome in this time. I just planted some mint and basil leaves and uh, cherry tomato plant in my windowsill that I'm really excited about. So those I can see the little saplings poking up. Sweet. Thank you for joining us today. And Zoe, go ahead and introduce yourself. Awesome. Hey, everybody. My name is Zoe. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a junior at Western. Um, I'm in the CASAS program and I am in my bedroom right now in Bellingham. And one thing that I can see in my room that means a lot to me is um, lots of pictures from like friends and families and lots of travel pictures. I love to travel and it's just fun to see pictures from all around the world on my walls. And I'm excited for someday when I can go do that again. So that's a good reminder to have those pictures around me as I am in my room. Someday. I, f- I feel like someday is starts the beginning of many of my thoughts lately. <laughs> um, all right, Jen, you're up. All right. Hi, everyone. My name's Genevieve. Um, I use she, her, hers pronouns. I'm a junior um, and I'm studying psychology and I'm a peer health educator with CASAS. Um, and I'm also in my bedroom in my apartment here in Bellingham. The first thing that I looked at when Liz asked the question um, was I have a giant tapestry right across from my bed of a tarot card of like the sun, the sun card. And I love looking at it because it's just like, it's all white and black and white, but it's super cute. And like, very positive. And every time that I wake up in the morning and look at it, it just reminds me to be positive. And I love little reminders like that. So let's pause right there for a moment, just to check in with some resources. Hey, Western, we want you to be safe and well throughout the response to COVID-19. And that includes your sexual health. Did you know that prevention and wellness with the Western Wearers Program will send you free condoms if you need them? Head over to our website at pws.ww.edu and click on sexual health resources to fill out a form and get yourself some free condoms. So two of you are um, remain in Bellingham and then Lauren, you are uh, back home with your family. How has that been? Um, kind of transitioning to, yeah, to a different space. It's been um, pretty interesting for sure. Um, I 
go home a lot during the school year. And so the space is still very familiar to me and um, my you know, childhood bedroom still feels like my bedroom, but um, I think my family and I are all adjusting to having, you know, four big personalities in the house. Again, I have a younger sister who's a junior in high school. She's 17. And it's been very interesting kind of trying to figure out my own independence. And, you know, I'm used to living in my apartment in Bellingham and doing the grocery shopping for myself and things like that. Um, And I'm super grateful to be in the situation that I'm in. But that being said, it's also definitely been an adjustment being home and, um, you know, kind of feeling like I'm in high school again, but also still recognizing that I am an independent person. <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been overall good, I would say, but an adjustment. Well, we won't dig too deep into your family dynamics because <laughs> I also don't want to dig into mine. <laughs> um, but so for Jen and Zoe... Do y'all have roommates or other people living with you? Or are you on your own? What's that structure like? And how has that been for you? I'm with three roommates. And it's definitely been a bit of a struggle being stuck inside. Just because I used to be able to like, I used to go to work every day and go to campus every day. And like, go do all these things. So I wasn't in the house 24-7. Now I'm in the house unless I go to the grocery store or something, which is like once every week or something. So um, it's definitely been a transition. The house has been really messy because we're all in here. And having time to do homework where it's quiet and I actually can focus is very rare for me. (laughs) I used to be able to go to the library or like go downtown and sit in the cafe and do work. And now finding the motivation is so hard. And even if I do find the motivation, it's like, okay, is everyone being loud in the house? Like, can I focus? So the dynamic has definitely changed the house (laughs) since all of us are here. Yeah, I'm um, living with one roommate and it's been, it's been good. Um, It's, we're very close. And so it's good to spend time with her and we get along pretty well. Um, And so that's nice. We both actually have been able to keep working. Um, We work at a lab here. But I think one of the things that I've been trying to do more is just because we see each other 24 seven, trying to still make time to do like special things together, like go work out together or go watch a movie together. That even though we see each other all the time, like it's still fun to kind of plan a little event or something, even though (laughs) I see her all the time, it's um, much better when we can go out and maybe like sit on the beach or something together. So we're just working on that, making still making a few plans and things like that. I just want to say, I feel like my answer was kind of negative. (laughs) And Zoe reminded me that I wanted to add to my answer that it hasn't all been bad. We've also been trying to make plans to get outside. Like we'll go and be like, let's go watch the sunset tonight. Let's go take a walk around the neighborhood. Let's go sit in the park down the block. Just like little things to like add some sort of structure and get us out of the house has been really helpful. I didn't think it was too negative. I think living situations in the current times of like being uh asked to stay home as much as possible I think for me as somebody who's you know I like to get out and go and so um that's even tough when you are living with people that you love right like my wife and son who are now my roommates forever and uh yeah there's there's challenging times even with that so um I do have a I do I would like to know so like what are your daily routines like so 
Um, if Zoe, you want to start and just kind of walk us through like what you would say your typical day looks like now that we're at this physical distancing point of our lives. Yeah, I am a person who loves a schedule. So that has been kind of keeping me going. And I'm also very lucky um, that I've been able to get a job during this time. I work at Northwest Laboratories, helping them kind of run a drive through center for COVID. Um, and so usually my morning start, I wake up around 6.30 um, and then I work at the lab from 7.30 to 12. And so I just got back from there actually today. And that's good. It um, keeps me going. There's a lot of people coming through and a lot of them have very anxious, obviously, about getting a swab stuck up their nose about if they have it. A lot of them have surgeries coming up. So there's just a lot of anxiety um, during the drive through and trying to kind of help people and also know that um, I have to like, take care of myself because that can be an anxious place sometimes to be. Then I usually get home and I try to make something healthy, make some lunch, eat something good. Um, I've been trying to cook a little bit more. And then usually catching up on homework, attending some Zoom classes till maybe the evening and then cooking some dinner and maybe trying to work out. We, I, me and my roommate have been playing tennis a little bit going for some runs, which is fun. Um, and then in ending the evening, probably doing a little bit more homework. I still feel that it's quite a lot to do. But maybe calling a family member, try to talk to different people each day, um, reading a book. I'm in a book club, so I have to stay on top of that. Um, that's pretty much a typical day for me, I would say. Well, thank you. I have so many questions about this drive-through but we'll, we'll move on. And Lauren and Jen, and please, everybody, feel free if you have questions. This is a roundtable, so we could all ask questions of one another. Um, so, Jen, why don't you fill us in on, like, what your typical day looks like? Mine's definitely not as structured as Zoe's. Um, <laughs> I have been definitely sleeping in way too late and staying up way too late. I've been going to bed around, like, 3 or 4 a.m., <laughs> yeah, that's why earlier before we started recording, I was saying that I got up at 11 this morning for the first time in like weeks, <laughs> just without the structure of having to go to campus. I don't have any Zoom classes. All of my classes are kind of like do it yourself at your own pace. And there's like deadlines and stuff, but it's super just like, okay, read this article, do a discussion post. So I don't have to be anywhere at any time. So my structure has been completely lost. Um, I don't know. I've just been, I try to get homework done, but I just find myself so unmotivated in my house. So it's been kind of hard, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely doing okay regardless of that. But um, I've also gotten into doing crisis counseling and I usually do that at like midnight and then I'm up until like two to three doing that. So my schedule's definitely kind of taken a major turn because I used to have to go to work after classes and I used to have way more of a structure that I don't have anymore, which has been kind of hard. But I've also had a lot more free time, which is kind of nice because I love being alone. I love doing my own thing. So that's been kind of nice to have more time to myself. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're alone. It's the structure's kind of been thrown out the window for me too, but how about you, Lauren? Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the middle of both of you guys with the structure. Um, I have an 8am 
behavioral neuroscience class. It's my only synchronous class on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and so on those days, I'm definitely up and at them. Although by up and at them, I mean out of bed at 7.55 so I can get on my laptop because he doesn't have us turn our cameras on, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and after that, um, I'll try and get some schoolwork done. And same with the other days of the week, just get some stuff done in the morning. Um, call a friend. I'm also in a book club. So get some of that reading done. Um, I do a lot of walking. Um, I obviously did a lot of walking on campus and that's just honestly one of my favorite things, like pop in the podcast and walk to school. And so um, trying to kind of replicate that. I live in a very walk friendly area. There's a lot of um, elderly people around. And so um, the biggest thing is remember your mask and stay across the street from people. But it still is really nice to even if it's just like a wave across the street to be able to interact with people like that. And yeah, I really do try and call some of my friends from school or, you know, other family members, like someone at least once a day to get that, that interaction. Um, it's not just my family, but, um, I don't know. I would say my sleep schedule has been better, but it's not like, I'm still kind of chugging along trying to keep that routine going. I'm curious, Jen, you're working on this. Uh, I just have a couple like follow-up questions. So you're working on this crisis helpline or hotline. So my understanding of that is people can text you when they're struggling with any kinds of struggles. What kinds of struggles are you seeing or responding to right now? I'm just kind of want to get a temperature of what, what, what people are facing out there right now. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm doing it through this awesome organization called crisis text line. Basically, there's just they have a phone number and you can text in anyone can text in from anywhere in the world. And there's a ton of trained crisis counselors there who can go on the platform that they have and you just respond to people and like text people back and talk through their issues. The whole goal is like to move people from a hot crisis moment to like a cool calm. So it's all about like intervening in those emotions and helping people find coping skills to get through them which is just, I love it. It's been awesome. But the issues I've been seeing, I've had a couple conversations that have been about COVID fears, um, which is part of why I signed up just because there's been so many more people texting in that they like were reaching out for more counselors because they didn't have enough counselors to deal with the influx of new um, people texting in. Just last night, I literally talked to someone who was like, I'm having so much anxiety, like I have kind of a cough and a stuffy nose. And I'm so scared that I have COVID. Like I don't, I I know it might just be allergies or something, but I don't know how to calm down. So I've had a few conversations that have been kind of like that. Just like kind of being like, okay, like you don't have any proof of that, you know, like take a deep breath. Let's talk about some coping skills that we can kind of calm you down a bit. And then there's this really awesome you know, the website WikiHow, <laughs> it's kind of just like one of those websites that has like how to sew, like how to get a stain out of the carpet. But they made one that's like how to ease your fears about COVID. And I've been using that a lot to send to people because it's very like, look at the facts, take a deep breath. Like we're all in this together. You're not the only one that's freaking out right now. Like you're not crazy, you know, like it's okay to be scared right now. Like we're all so scared and we're all in this together and I'm here. 
but also a lot of relationship problems too. Um, people are dealing with being stuck in home with their families that they haven't been in the same house with for a while. A lot of college-aged people and a lot of people struggling with their like romantic relationships. I've had a few where it's just been, we've been fighting like crazy and it's been hard being either people are separated from their partner or in the same house with their partner and things are just really tense. So it's been like all different kinds of things, but I feel like the biggest thing has been a lot of anxiety, a lot of heightened anxiety right now, and a lot of depression. And I've definitely had a few conversations with people that have been suicidal and kind of struggling with the change in lifestyle right now. So it's been all over the board, but it's been super rewarding and I've loved doing it. Even though it's been keeping me up at night because I get so invested in it, I can't turn it off. And I'm just like, yes, like, let me help you. <laughs> and then it's like 4 a.m. and I need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing. I kind of quickly did a Google search, the power of the internet. And it says the top five distinct words textures are using in conversations right now are news, panicking, outbreak, canceled, and closing. Um, and it also says, so this is from crisistextline.org, uh, a whopping 80% of people mentioning quote unquote virus discuss feeling anxious. So I know I've been there, especially with allergies, you know, so it's been a, been a good. I know everyone with all the allergies going on right now, there's so much pollen in the air. Most of my friends have been like, oh my God, I woke up with an itchy throat. And it's just the worst timing because right now that's like the last thing you want to experience. But it's just kind of crazy because we're all kind of going through it. That's the one thing I always say to people. It's just like, we're always trying to validate those feelings that they have. And it's so easy for me to validate those feelings because I'm there. Like, I'm in the same boat. Like, I'm like, yes, you're okay. Like, no matter what, you're not insane. So many people are with you. Cool. And then while we're following up, I'd love to follow up with Zoe and kind of just, can you provide us just what it's? Like what a, I don't even know what a drive-through testing site like even looks like. What are the logistics? Um, I'd love to hear, and I'm sure there's people would love to hear just what does that look like and how do those things operate and what's it like to be there? Yeah, I'd love to share. I think um, there's definitely a lot of confusion. We get quite a lot of people driving up to us and being like, what is this? Can I get tested? Um, and so basically right now with this lab, you're able to get tested if you have a doctor's orders. And usually that's if you're showing a lot of symptoms or um, if you have to return to kind of an essential job and you need a negative test, there was a lot of like fishermen who had to go up to Alaska who had to get a negative test because they're going to be on a boat out in the middle of nowhere with no doctor help. And then a lot of people who have surgeries who have like a broken finger and they can't go and get a surgery until they get a negative test. And so um, we have cones lined out. People drive through, they keep all their windows up and we take down their information. So they just have to press their license plate kind of license um, against the window and we take down their information and then we go over with a nurse or a PA or a nurse practitioner and they uh, swab in their nose. We don't have to do the really deep one that I know everyone is scared of anymore. The CDC actually changed the recommendation last week. So you're able to just do like a very shallow nose swab, which is so nice. It just made anxiety a lot worse that people would cough afterwards. You would cry. It was, it was maybe not the best. So this one is much um, better for people. And then we just put their sample in the laboratory and kind of enter it in data collection. And then within 24 hours, they get the results. So it's been, yeah, 
a lot of, we had, I think, 130 people go through on Tuesday. So we have quite a lot of people being tested. And it's, I feel pretty lucky that I get to be part of kind of this crisis response team and actually kind of get to do something in it. I think we need a lot of more testing probably for a lot of people. And it's definitely different people have access to it. If you have access to a doctor who will provide that, or you have to have maybe a car to get through. We've had a few walk, walk up people, but, um, when we're maybe starting to offer some antibody tests, but that's kind of in the future. So that's what it looks like. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know if y'all saw the story, but so, uh, back in Louisville where I spent six years, they actually had a a coronavirus like scam, like a pop-up. These people were putting up these pop-up tests. They just went to like a gas station and they were like, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of how it happened, but essentially they put up a pop-up test. People were coming in who weren't, this was very early as in early April. And, you know, they were paying $250 to have these tests. um, And they did some investigative journalism. Yeah. Who, so there was some investigative journalism who, who was able to catch them and they had set up like two or three around the city, um, but they got caught pretty early. So wow. yeah, I just yeah. want to throw that out there that it is happening. Uh, I don't know that it's happening a lot, but that was one instance. So that is so low capitalizing on people's fear in that way. I mean, I'm not terribly surprised people got to make money or they find ways to make money, but wow. Yeah. That's kind of hard to hear. <laughs> Why don't we take a quick break for, to check in with some resources. Are you struggling with a substance-related concern during this time? You are not alone. Professional staff are available through ADCAS, which is Western's Alcohol and Other Drug Support Service. Professional staff are available remotely during shelter-in-place, and they're ready to talk privately to any Western student that may be having a substance-related concern in their life. ADCAS services honor the importance of confidentiality, and will help students come up with a wellness plan to improve their outlook and feel assured that they're cared for and listened to. Call ADCAS at 360-650-6865. All right, so why don't we talk a little bit about your academic experience since we all have WW in common. What have your classes been like? You know, what have your interactions been like with faculty um, members and just kind of overall... How's that going? How's distance learning going for you? Lauren, you want to start? Yeah, sure. So I'm a psychology major and I actually just declared a linguistics minor, which was very strange to um, go through that, you know, process online. Um, I have not interacted with anyone in person from the linguistics department. I was realizing I'm taking a couple of summer classes through the linguistics department and was realizing that if um, those classes are also online in fall. Um, I might do my whole minor online, which was a very strange realization. I'm really trying to view, to not compare my online classes to in-person classes, because then I get really sad about it. And I miss, you know, interacting with new people and my professors and, um, TAs and stuff, and just trying to view this as a totally different quarter. Um, I feel super fortunate that we are on the quarter system and we were able to start at the beginning of this new round of classes online. I have a lot of friends that are in semester systems and my you know, sister's in high school. My mom works at the middle school on the island and I, it seemed like a really tough transition to already be in the swing of things in person and then go completely online. And so while it has been 
crazy. I'm definitely feeling very grateful for that. Like I was saying, I only have the one synchronous class. Um, and I think this was a sign from the universe that I should not take an 8am in person because <laughs> it's hard enough already online. And other than that, I think the hardest thing is like you guys were saying, trying to find the motivation to get up and watch the lectures. And, you know, sometimes I'll put them on two times speed and then I realize I haven't gotten any information from it. Yeah, overall, it's been okay, but definitely a really weird adjustment that I, I mean, obviously none of us were anticipating, but um, it's been a weird thing to try and adjust to, especially in such a short amount of time. We have such short quarters that that's been kind of weird. Yeah, I would um, agree with a lot of what you're saying, Lauren. I think I've enjoyed and I feel like I've learned more in my synchronous classes. I don't know if that's the experience of everyone, but, and it also feels less tiring because if it's a synchronous class and I'm there for that time and then they let me go. But um, a lot of my asynchronous classes, they'll put up lectures that are sometimes a lot longer than we would actually be in class. And there's multiple worksheets, which is to help you learn and it's good. but I think um, some professors are worried you're not going to learn the material, which is definitely fair. But then we get this huge overload and it's just, should I do all these worksheets? Should, if I'm not being graded on it, should I watch all these new YouTube videos? Um, should I watch them at two times the speed and just watch all of them or watch one at one times the speed? So I think it can be hard um, setting those boundaries for myself because when I would go to school after the 90 minutes was done, you know, I get a little break. I it's, I can't really think about that class during that time. But now, anytime, basically, I could do my schoolwork and be in class. I could do it at nighttime on the weekend. And I definitely see that providing a lot of flexibility for some people. But I think that maybe leads to me and maybe some people just overextending themselves and just feeling like there's work all the time and there doesn't really seem to be a beginning and end. So I've enjoyed my synchronous classes because of that, that I actually feel like there's a beginning to end and I know the material and I'm learning it in a good way. Yeah, I don't have any classes that are synchronous and that's been kind of hard um, just because everything's super self-guided, which is fine, but sometimes it feels like I'm not learning as much as I would have if it was in person or if it was synchronous. I have one class where the professor hasn't been very good about explaining assignments um, and there hasn't been a lot of guidelines. I feel like all we do is discussion posts and then we have a research paper at the end of the quarter. But things have been really like confusing, not very clear. I have one professor that's been super good about it. Like every week there's like a different little module and the module says, here's everything you need to do for this week, which is super helpful. Like having it spelled out has been great just because like I said, like I have that one class where it's the complete opposite. And then I have one class where it's like, thank you. Like, this is so helpful. Um, and then I am taking one psychology class that I'm really upset that I'm taking online because I struggle a little bit with the topic. I'm not very good at like research and statistics. And so I wish I had a little bit of that extra support that being in person gives you. Um, I also got into my major this quarter, which was kind of weird because I did it all online. I haven't really been able to interact with a lot of the psychology professors. And that's been kind of a bummer, especially because I'm wanting to go to grad school and I need to get a recommendation letter. 
But because of COVID, like it's been really hard to build those relationships with professors that I would have been able to in person. Because I personally don't really enjoy Zoom calls with strangers because it makes me a little nervous and I feel really awkward. So I definitely feel like I'm not putting myself out there as much to get to know my professors. So that's something that I'm really missing. But I love what Lauren said about trying not to compare online versus in person, because that's so true. I feel like I tend to get kind of really upset. And I'm like, wow, like I didn't sign up to go to online school. There's a reason why I go to in-person school. I don't know. Like I said, I feel like there's some benefits from it. Like I've been able to manage my time in a way where I do a little bit of homework every day. I make sure I'm staying on track and I follow the syllabus as if it was in person even though like the due dates are kind of looser just because it helps me stay on track. But I've also been able to have more free time and be able to spend time with my roommates, like watching TV at night. And like, I have time to read and talk to my friends from home and stuff like that, just because I don't have to go to campus. You know, I can get like three hours of work done and then do whatever I want for the rest of the day. So there's a lot of pluses and minuses, but it's been difficult for sure. Do y'all feel like, because clearly your professors mostly didn't sign up for online teaching either, right? And so they're learning. And I know, Zoe, you were mentioning that sense that they're worried that you're not going to get the content and retain it. Have there been attempts by either you or your classmates, your peers to negotiate some of that stuff? And I'm just kind of curious if um, folks have tried to say, you know, this is too much or this is too hard or can we adjust this and how professors have responded to that if, if you have seen any of that? Um, I, would, no, I would say that um, professors have been pretty respect, receptive to feedback. I think in certain senses, I think it obviously varies upon the professor and class, but I've especially seen we're trying this out. This is new and just a kind of a lot of um, patience on both ends, just being like, I can't get this to work. This is not how it's going to work. We can't do Zoom or maybe can we mm-hmm. make the exam? You could take it any time over this certain time period and it's not this one, two hour chunk. So I've definitely seen some flexibility, which has been nice. And I think it's hard because obviously, as you were saying, Liz, they didn't expect this and to have to kind of move everything online is pretty hard. And then we didn't expect this. And we're kind of, as you come in students, kind of expecting professors to have the full syllabus and for them to have thought this out and taught this class many times before. And for honestly, like, I wish that maybe I had known, obviously everyone does, but wish they had known we were going to do it online because I would have probably taught, taken classes from professors I knew were very savvy online because <laughs> that makes a big difference to the class. If they have a very messy Canvas course, the classes. 10 times more challenging because I don't know where to find anything. Just as Jen was saying, I have one professor who lays it out week by week and that is such a time saver. So mm-hmm. um, thinking about the fall, just if I had to take some classes online, thinking about making sure that I, those professors, maybe even reaching out to them beforehand and being like, what is your fall online plan? Even if you do have one, is it going to be synchronous, asynchronous? And kind of what does that look like for you? And is that going to fit in with my learning needs? That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, we only have a little bit of time left. So maybe since this is a, a opportunity for us to connect around wellness and resilience, why don't you share how 
you're practicing wellness and resilience? How are you staying positive and um, motivated when you, yeah, facing a lot of the challenges that we talked about? I feel like I've had a super strong support system with my friends. Like we're all going through it right now. And it's been super nice just being able to reach out to my friends and them reaching out to me. I feel like we've all been really supportive because we've all been going through different things on top of being stuck inside and the COVID anxiety. Um, And so I felt super supported by my friends. I feel like everyone's kind of stepping it up a little bit to like make sure we're all okay, which has been really helpful. And I'm so thankful for that. But I've also been trying to be just like really patient with myself. Like I said earlier, I've been having a lot of trouble with my sleep schedule. And I tend to like kind of get upset with myself because I do end up sleeping like really late in the day. And I feel like I waste a lot of time. But then I realize like my worth isn't measured by my productivity and like I need to take care of myself. And if my body is telling me like you need to sleep right now, like I should sleep, you know, like if that's what I need to do, as long as I'm getting all of my stuff done, getting my responsibilities done. I'm just trying to be kind of patient with myself because right now is not exactly the easiest time to do things. (laughs) Life has definitely been thrown off. Yeah, I feel like being patient with myself and reaching out for help when I need it from my friends. Um, When I've had some really bad days, my friends have come over and been like, let's go sit outside. Like the sun's out, you know, just like the little things like that, I think have been super helpful. I love that um, about the productivity thing. I think right now there's a lot of media surrounding productivity culture and how like you have this time why don't you write a book and you know change your life and I think that that is a really good way of putting it that like if you need to sleep you need to sleep like we're all going through this you know collective trauma together and allowing yourself to take the breaks and I think it is interestingly um almost meditative in a lot of ways like you're spending so much time with yourself and, and in isolation for a lot of people, even if you're, you know, with roommates or family, you're still much more alone than I think you normally are. And so it forces you to look inward like that and recognize like, I need to eat a donut and then go to bed and then I'll, you know, do my textbook reading in the afternoon after this. Like, that's super important. I love the way you said that. Yeah. I think you both had excellent points. Um, love the productivity thing. I think that needs to be emphasized more and more um, that even I think I sometimes feel a lot and probably a lot of people that if you haven't been super personally affected by the virus, just like if you haven't had a family member who's had it, or if like you haven't like lost your job or anything like that, then why are you like having a hard time? Like you should be totally fine. But I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and just talking to a lot of people about that it's kind of this collective grief that we're all going through that there's loss of maybe travel plans or there's loss of what your senior year was going to look like, or there's just loss of friendship and connection. And you can't um, weigh one loss against another. It's not, you can't compare those. That's kind of comparative suffering. And so it's okay to feel sad and to feel like you've lost something. And so I think I'm just trying to be gentle with myself um, and just know that what I'm kind of going through is okay. And also just keep trying to remember that we will get through this. And it's hard a lot of times to think that, but this will not last forever. And if if I say it enough times, I think I start to believe it, even though it is hard to a lot of times feel it, but it's helpful to know that 
in two years from now, this will be like a big thing that we went through, but won't be where we are right now. Yeah, someday, right, Liz? Someday. Um, cool. Yeah. So I guess my question is, and you all have thrown this word around a few times, like is connection. Um, and so much of our college experiences happen outside of the classroom right? Like you're on campus and you, we, you know, research will suggest that the more connected you are to the campus and your campus community, the, the more success you have overall. And so um, my question is about how you're staying connected, like socially during these times. I know some of you mentioned, well, you all have roommates, but Lauren, you're back with family. Um, and so I'm just curious at like the ways that you all are, are, are really just staying connected on a social level with whether it be your extracurricular groups or your friends or things like that. Um, I can speak on that since, yeah, I am with my family. My Western friend group had actually just started a a Dungeons and Dragons campaign right before all of this happened. Some of my friends really wanted to try it out. And um, so, you know, obviously COVID-19 is now happening and we've found a way to do it online. And so it's the same friend group I do the book club with. And so having those weekly, couple times a week meetings we get to see each other's faces and kind of catch up on things. And it also gives us something to talk about and do. That's not just how crappy this whole time is, which is, you know, we're able to laugh about it. And we Netflix partied with some of my friends for one of our friends' birthdays and trying to keep up some of the normalcy in that sense. I've also been working on trying to say, yes to things. Um, my friend from high school is working on an album that he wants to put out for his birthday and asked me to write on it and sing on it. And I, you know, my first thought was like, this is totally not my kind of music. Like it's going to be so weird. And I was like, no, why not? Like, I don't have another outlet right now. This is going to be fun. It'll stretch my creative brain. Um, and it ended up being really cool. And I'm, you know, this song is coming out in June. I'm really excited about it. And so trying to say yes to things like that, that are maybe outside of my comfort zone, but within this crazy time, you know, it's, we Zoom called to figure out what the song was going to sound like. And that was my social checkbox for the day. So trying to stay connected in ways that feel normal, but also keep up the like newness that you would have in college of talking to people in classes and clubs and stuff like that. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of those things. I think that's a great point to mention, doing activities via Zoom. We'll get together as a friend group and there are people I love, but then we'll just sit there and kind of be like, I guess like we'll talk the entire time, which can just be tiring, even if it's people you love. So trying to come up with activities, there's this like fun scribble game where you can like draw and like, then you guess what the person's drawing. It's basically like Pictionary, but online. So we've been playing that a lot and that's super fun. Other things I've been doing to stay connected is I'm a big letter writer. So I actually like found this Facebook group where you can have like pen pals. So I've got like a few new pen pals and I've been like sending them letters. And I've also been sending letters to just my family. Um, not like tons, but it's fun to be able to go to my mailbox and actually get real mail, not from just a subscription or ad. So, and it's nice just to take the time to be able to write out kind of what I've been doing or what I've been feeling. It's not just another thing that's on my computer. It's something that's away from my computer. So those are two things I've been doing. I love that. All I get is bills. 
How about you? you know, that's so cute. I love that so much, Zoe. I, that, I, I'm kind of intrigued. I kind of want to do that. That sounds fun. You should. It's super fun. You that should send awesome. me to the group or add me to the group. Okay. I definitely will. I will. <laughs> yeah. I like Lauren said, well, you guys both have said that this, but, um, FaceTiming and Zoom calling with friends has been really great. I did a Zoom call with all of my coworkers um, because we work at a store that's been closed for like a few months now. Um, and we all just missed each other. We're all like the same age and we're all girls. And like um, we have done a few Zoom calls, which has been really great just to reconnect and like stay in touch. I feel like I've also had more time to talk to my friends from home too because I have so many friends back home in California that I don't get to see as much because I moved up here. And now I've like really had a lot more time to like call them and catch up, um, which has been so great. It's kind of been a great benefit for me from this is just having that extra time to like be able to reach out and be able to keep up with communicating. And I've kept my circle obviously very small with all of this stuff going on. So I mostly just see my roommates and then I have my best friend and her roommate. They live in an apartment like right down the block from me. And we've only been going to each other's houses and they've been kind of like quarantined with us. So that's been really great. Just having my own little circle of like people that I hang out with, um, keeping it small, which can get boring. Me and my friends are always like, I want to talk to a stranger for once. Like, I'd love to meet a stranger. Like, what was that like? <laughs> but we, we've been having a good time. We've been watching a lot of movies, watching a lot of shows, playing a lot of games, just anything to kind of have some sort of normalcy. So I love Lauren, what you said about just saying yes to this opportunity that came up. Cause I get, I've been getting this feeling a lot where it's like, this feels like it makes sense in this context, but I feel like it wouldn't make sense in any other context. Like this new thing <laughs> suddenly makes sense where it never would have before and vice versa. What we're doing right now would never have made sense to me in, you know, my former life. So yeah. that's kind of interesting to think about like how this new context things make sense that, that wouldn't have before. Right. Well, I know that some of you have so many demands on your time and are so busy with all of your academic pursuits and want to really appreciate you for joining us today. And I know you have to buzz off to class. So thanks a million. Yeah, thank you. This was really fun. Uh, our first time we had students on the podcast. So I was really excited about that. Yeah, it went really well. So thank you all for being here. Thank thanks you for so having much. us. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. It was super fun. Take good care. Can't wait to see you in person someday. Someday. <laughs> One day soon. <laughs> someday. <laughs> Brandon and I will be back right after this. What we know about shelter in place is also that some of us are unfortunately forced to share spaces with people who are not safe and who don't treat us or others with the care we deserve. It can also increase experiences of isolation, especially if you are a loved one or a survivor of sexual violence or relationship abuse. CASAS is a WW program that is confidential and here to support any student who's been impacted by abuse or assault. Our CASAS advocates believe you, care about you, and want you to know that you're not alone. Reach out for support by calling 360-650-3700 or emailing the coordinator at deidre.evans at www.edu. That's D-E-I-D-R-E dot E 
V as in Victor, A-N-S as in Sam at www.edu. Information about these services and more can be found on the Prevention and Wellness website, pws.ww.edu. Well, that was fun. Brandon, what are your thoughts about our conversation? Yeah, that was good. Um, it, it was good to have students on the podcast. I was really excited about that. Um, I think we need to hear from students um, and help them or allow them to spread their their experiences and their messages. Um, because up until now, it's been us and, you know, some administrators or, or staff and um, and we kind of exist in different worlds. Right. I, I think you and I were talking about as we're getting older, uh, I'm 38 and I'm not saying I'm super out of touch, but there are certain things that students do that I don't necessarily engage with softwares. I mean, we've mentioned TikTok on here, right? Things like that. And so it was really good to get their perspective and, and get their energy. It was pretty uplifting for me. Um, there are certain moments where, um, I really can, I, I get deep into it as our previous episode, we were talking with Langley and like, Settler colonialism came up. And so those are some of the things that I read about. And that can really put some pessimism in your mind sometimes about the state of the world um, and where we're going. And so it's really good to hear from the students to kind of uplift my spirit and bring some optimism. And you even heard it in some of their responses, right? Like there, you can hear the uncertainty, you can hear the anxiety, um, especially, uh, you know, Zoe and Jen, they both are working in some sort of capacity that is being impacted by COVID. Um, mm -hmm. So not only are you being, are they being asked to like perform this job duty, but then they got to have their own feelings that come out of that. Right. If I was around people, uh, she said, what, 120 people got tested or whatever. Like if you interact with right. that, there's gotta be some sense of anxiety that comes with that. And then how are you taking care of yourself in that moment? And so, yeah, really my biggest thing I think is just trying to learn from our students. Um, I think that's the best approach for for us as professionals because without students um you know you and i we we don't have roles right like i think our role is to help students along their way and um, that's really how i see my my role on campus so that was one of the bigger things was just it was just great i love the energy um and i think they all had very really good experiences to share yeah absolutely i know something that i often experience when I'm connecting with young people is sort of a really stark contrast from what the story is about young people in our like dominant culture where people say young people are apathetic and they just don't care and they're lazy and they're you know nobody they don't care about this disease and they're probably not following the rules and like there's a lot of stories about that that I think are really huge misconceptions Certainly we can't generalize about everybody from these young people who just shared their voice and their perspective, but consistently my experience is of many students at Western that they care so much. They definitely are community-minded and community-oriented. You know, we just saw two out of those three people stepped up to specifically play a role in this experience. One responding to crisis text line and the other taking on a job at a, a testing site. So yeah, that's something that I always appreciate. Usually the problem is that we're not asking young people about those things and how they feel and what's really going on for them. And um, that a lot of people just make up a story that, that they don't care. Um, and yeah. they are impacted. And I'm aware that I'm from a different generation than them, but intergenerational connections are so very important. 
It's important for me to be connected with my elders, for me to be connected with younger people and um, other generations. And we all need each other in this massive web of interconnection. Um, that's obviously a huge takeaway from this whole experience is how, how deeply we really rely on each other and need each other. And I think we can separately sort of go about our ways in our lives because, you know, there are some things that we don't have shared experiences around, right? Like they don't understand our professional lives and our parenting, right? And they're not going to yet, but they're compassionate people. We're compassionate people and we have something to exchange and learn from each other. And sometimes we have to intentionally reach out to one another to do that. So. Right. It's, it's almost as if like part of getting old is, or older, I should say, is this conversation that you must have about the next generation, right? Like, I feel like the generation above me was like, oh, there's something wrong with them, the music they listen to or whatever. And so I, I try to stay out of that mode, especially we see this in all walks of life, like politics, administration, business, right? We'll say like the, the next generation, they're the future, right? But then we don't always mm -hmm. listen to them. And so I think it's important that we, we do listen to our young folks. And even, you know, like Lauren mentioned, like when she goes, out on a walk like she takes she's like I live in a community of older people so I'm like wearing my mask and you know being cognizant of where they are and that's just some self-awareness that I don't know at that age I would have had because you know you seem invincible at moments and it's not necessarily probably for uh, she didn't say this but it's not necessarily maybe for her safety but it's for her compassion that you mentioned for other people and the people that she has come to know in her neighborhood or her community Right. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, again, I think there's another story about like, well, young people are just on their phones all the time, which actually I see many people from our generation and beyond who are on their phones all the time. I might be one of those people. <laughs> yeah, they have access to conversations and to information that, um, you know, they get to decide and what's meaningful for them. And they, you know, they brought up that question of like, you know, what is why do we have this huge emphasis on productivity and what does that mean to me? And so seeing young people asking those questions, which have always felt to me like, um, you know, you're just sort of handed this set of options and certainly they're very different based on your context and where you grew up and how you grew up and who you are and your many identities. But I always have felt like, you know, the options were, were pretty slim within the system that is set up. And productivity is one of the big things that you're supposed to be going for, right? That's the main value. So hearing them and all of us really go, hmm, is there more than this? Are, are we deserving of a different kind of life or a more holistic wellness-oriented way of being? Um, which in some other places and cultures and countries, you know, they do a better job of that, I think, of honoring access to a valuing access to just wellness, you know, right. over productivity and, and capital gains or whatever, you know? Yeah. So often in our society, we think of productivity in terms of time, right. And we really know that time is relative compared, you know, and like, just because you're at your desk from 8am to 5pm, I mean, are you really being productive, right? There's no re there, research actually suggests if you're more flexible with people's schedules that they're going to be more productive. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always thought about that, but I, as you were talking about um, people who like to be on their phone, I, I was thinking it back to your story a couple episodes ago where you were saying you kind of just like to go on drives and you had mentioned that you left your phone at home and that kind of gave me anxiety. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I leave your phone at home. Like 
And I think it's because like I woke, I, I grew up in Alaska. It's like 45 below zero. And you were always prepared to like break down, right? It's like you had to have snow gear. You had to have all these things in your car. Because if you break down on the side of the road, you better be prepared. And so, yeah. Right. So I'm like always have my phone. I even to the point where like my son will be like, dad, get your, you know, can you get off your phone? And he's only four. Right. And so that really wakes you up and tells you. Um, so yes, we're guilty of it as well. And so I'm trying to not be the cynical old younger gentleman who, you know, always looks at our next generation. And so, yeah, that again, just to reiterate, that's what I took away from the conversation was just their spirit. And it was very uplifting. And to know that our students, while they are struggling and they are going through some difficult challenges, um, they have a really good perspective on life and they're going to be the ones to like help us get out of this. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that was a nice little mic drop moment that we should maybe end on today. <laughs> well, I agree fully. That's <laughs> good to me. All right. Well, uh, it's been fun and don't forget to follow our counseling health and wellness Instagram page at bewellww on Instagram. That's B-E-W-E-L-L-W. Thanks so much to the students who joined us today and be well, everybody. See y'all.